Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Trainer's Heart on Top Blum, your host here in the Sports Thought Studios. Very excited for this episode today. We're going to do something a little bit different in the Trainer's Heart. We're going to do a bit of a time capsule. We're going to go back and have a listen to a little bit of episode three with Shane Nichols, where he describes about his charge, Streets of Avalon, the multiple group one winning champion, the 1400 meter specialist. And we're going to have a listen about how he came into the stable. And then we're going to cross to Shane and have a listen to how he is progressing in his defense of the Futurity Stakes, which is this weekend. Now, episode three was, of course, recorded a couple of months after he won the Futurity last year. And since then, he's only gone on with the job. He's won the Group 2 Australia Stakes at the Valley earlier this year. And then he's gone on last start to win the CF4 Stakes in what was a very tough win. He had Imogen come up to him on the side, looked him in the eye, and he just said, nah, nah you ain't getting past me. So it was a, a very, very big win for Streets of Avalon, a very big win for the stable too. It must be said, the Shane Nichols stable, they are in excellent form, especially 2021. Gee, they've started the year on fire. But let's go back now. We're going to have a listen to the Futurity Stakes of last year. On the other side of that, you'll have Shane Nichols taking up the story of Streets of Avalon and how he came into the stable. And then we'll have a chat with Shane to see how he's going for the 2021 Futurity Stakes. Streets of Avalon at the 300 with Super Seth moving up on the outside, a length away, Melody Bell, then Wild Planet and Colding. Streets of Avalon with Super Seth trying to pick it up at the moment at the 150. Streets of Avalon just in front, Super Seth having a devil of a time. Streets of Avalon three, Streets of Avalon got the group one from Super Seth, Melody Bell third. Shay Nichols taking up the story of Streets of Avalon from episode three. Yeah, so Phil Warren bred in. Um, he's bred quite a number of horses uh, that we've raced over the years. And um, he, he said, what am I going to do with this colt? Like, he normally races the fillies. He wasn't really that interested in racing with colt. So we, I said, well, if we can breed him up, send him to ready to run sales if you want to. Um, so we got we had him broken in, gave him a little bit of a prep, and he was getting along quite nicely. So the way the process works is you have to breed them up over 200 metres under the clock and the videos, etc., and it's about a month before the sale. And in that month period, you have to get the next rate to submit to the sales company, so the you know prospective purchasers can view those. So he breezed up in ten ninety nine, which was quite a respectable time. wasn't the fastest, but it was in the top oh, probably fifteen twenty percent of the sale. Uh, and then we had his X rays done by our vet, and uh, he had a few issues on X rays. So that's a no no when you go to those ready to race sales because a lot of Asian buyers and they have to be clean to go to Asia and uh, Australian market don't speculate that sort of horse so at that point in time we had a horse that went nice but had no x-ray so we had to continue on with him so he decided to put a few mates in him valued him up at 20 grand sold four 10% shares and kept 60% himself and then at three he was going okay won his maiden at Bansdale over a thousand and it was not until then that he started to really step up. His next start, he went to Caulfield on Boxing Day uh, and was narrowly beaten in a really good Bovis race. Um, and, he, and, and the maiden was the only race he won at three. He just ran placings in, I think he ran placings in a, a Zedative Stakes. And it was good, um, but he just couldn't win. And then he stepped out at four, and I think he won five or six Saturday Metros as a four-year-old. And as a five-year-old, he went and won a Group 1, and he's won two group threes and a Hariba Stakes, which is a listed race, um, 1.2 million, and uh, he's a jet. But uh, he's done one of the remarkable things that horses can't do or struggle to do is 
He improved from three to four, and then he's improved again from four to five. So his next start will be as a late five-year-old into six. God help us if he improves again. Yeah, I think just being a follower of the stable, he's, when you see his, see his name there down the race, he just always seemed to to find that next level and you think, oh, he's, he's racing in town and this could be him and then he wins and then the Hariba Stakes, which is, of course, the double on Mornington Cup Day, your home track, and he got up and won that and then, then he's in a Group 3, he wins that a Group 2 and then he got to the Group 1 level and there was a couple of uh, Group 1 races before that and you think that, you know, he's just a day for the owners but, of course, he got up and won. He just, he just been owner's dream. Yeah, he, he's... Oh, look, they've had the best ride of all time, they you know, I sort of keep saying to him when our rating goes up or we win a stakes race, he's just going to find it that bit harder to win now and a bit harder to win now. And, you know, he sort of showed us that he was not far from that level. He ran fourth in a Rupert Clark, won by Be Good to Your Mother. And I thought, gee, you know, you don't do much wrong and you're pretty honest and you race on speed. And around that 1,400 mark, you know, that's his, that's his quicking a, a, a distance. Um, and he can run sub-122 for 1,400. So that's pretty competitive in any race if you can run that time. And, and I sort of come to the Futurity Stakes, Ben Mellon was riding him against Super Seth and uh, Melody Bell and Colding, you know, some really top-class Group 1 horses. I said to Benny, just bounce out and tick along at a good speed here. I said, I reckon if, if you can run sub-122, you'll be a chance to, you know, pinch this or be riding the finish and... Uh, I think he ran 121.7 and, and away we went. From Streets of Avalon, Crosshaven imaging to the middle of the track and then Blaise Jowski, Streets of Avalon at the 200. Here's imaging pounding down the middle and then came Crosshaven. Streets of Avalon digs in 100 to go. Imaging not there yet. Streets of Avalon imaging. Stride for stride. Streets of Avalon fights. It's a winner. Streets of Avalon won the group one. Imaging second. And now we head to Shane Nichols to talk about the champ, Streets of Avalon. And Shane, the listeners have just heard the story of how Phil Warren syndicated Streets of Avalon to his mates for $20,000. It was a pretty good story when we sat down for episode three of the first series last year. And since then, it's only got better. Yeah, it has. They, um, I'm sure Phil had asked the boys to send him a bit more money. They might have bought it a bit cheap. But uh, yeah, it's been a terrific ride. Uh, hopefully the ride's not over and we've got another chapter to tell on Saturday. Well, the barrier draw this morning. We're recording this on, on Wednesday in, in the build-up to the Futurity. And the defending champ, what are the thoughts on barrier seven? I wanted to draw outside Crosshaven. He's got blinked his first time. Probably go forward. And the two hotties probably drawn barrier one and two. Behemoth and, and, um, and Probabile. So... Interesting to see how how the race unfolds. Really exciting race, I think. Um, you know, to see there's couples will go forward. The speed looks to be a little bit more genuine, um, and then a few nice horses are going to get a nice trail in it. So, it um, looks certainly on the on the lookout to see how Corfield races on Saturday. Well, it's shaping as an excellent race. You just alluded to there. It's a cracking field. Your bloke's the defending champ. He's coming off the Group One with a Group Two win before that. There's the boom horses of the spring. Uh, some of the crack three-year-olds and Zach Spain, he was excellent last start, not getting caught in a tussle for the lead and just being patient. Do you see him getting an easy time up front on, on Saturday or? Yeah, look, we're probably not sure whether we lead or not. I've only done, had a quick look at the form. Um, but we'll certainly make it genuinely run. Our advantage, I suppose you could call it, uh, is that we can run time over 1,400. But we can keep up a very steady, strong gallop 
uh, and run round about that sub-122 or 122 and change mark on a firm deck, uh, which it will be. Um, so that's our advantage. We're, we take these horses that might have other goals in mind, whereas we're going to be trying to be at the absolute top of our game for Saturday uh, and run time. It's interesting, isn't it? You see a horse that's won the Australia Stakes of the CF4 um, at his last two runs, still $13 in a race like this is... Um, you know, is reflective on the quality of the opposition. And Zach Spain t- uh, continues to ride him. Must have been a big thrill to give Zach his first Group 1 win after he's done plenty of work with the stable. Yeah, you'd like those milestones to be on one of your horses for the jockeys, whether it be their, their first winner or their first Metropolitan winner or their first stakes winner or their first Group 1. And uh, Zach had his first stakes winner on this horse in the Hariba um, as an apprentice. And then he's won his first group two on him, and uh, he's won his first group group one on him. So big thrill to be involved in that. Jack's a quality uh, quality guy, and works hard at his trade, as many jockeys do. But they get an opportunity, and when they, it's good to see them take hold of that opportunity and make the most of it. And I saw uh, last week on after the last year ran into Chris Waller up at the English Sales, and he said he was just bringing a few of the big guns down. Yeah, didn't he? he hasn't got any runners, so he must have, um, must have said a second thought, second guessed himself, and uh, didn't send any, but he told me he was sending down the big ammunition, but uh, yeah, they didn't front. What's next? Streets of Avalon, you mentioned that this is shaping up as one of his main targets, and it's been the, the main target throughout. Is is there a couple of runs in the back of the mind, depending on how he comes through this, or what, what's the program looking like? Uh, if he won today, uh, won on Saturday. We, we may go to the All-Star Mile, just mainly because it's at Mooney Valley. Um, and with the horses that are going to get in, there probably uh, no leader there. We might freshen him under the Wigan Reed. And then he'll go to the paddock for the spring. And before I let you go, you've been active at the yearling sales this year. You brought some yearlings at a range of budgets. How do people get involved in one of the most informed stables in Victoria at the moment? Yeah, look, obviously you can just get on the website and send us an email or give me a call. Um, yeah, we, we, we always go out on a limb each year and we've certainly gone out on a limb this year. I think we've spent uh, a bit over $1.3 million so far on yearlings. Um, and we yeah, have got a good spread and we welcome anyone that wants to get involved at any level. Excellent, Shane. Thank you very much for joining me again in the trainer's heart and good luck on Saturday. Yeah, thanks very much, Todd. Appreciate it. Shane Nichols there joining me in the trainer's hut for a second time. Hope you enjoyed this episode. As I said off the top, if you haven't listened to episode three, go back through the catalogue. You can catch our full chat back at the start of the trainer's hut. And all the best to the team at Shane Nichols Racing for uh, Streets of Avalon in the Futurity this week. He's looking to become a two-time winner of the race. Join the likes of Nick Nero, Scalacci, Idaloo back in the day. And St. Razzle, of course, Ajax won it three times. And Manicato, he won it four times. Oh, boy. But uh, that's it for this week's edition of The Trainer's Heart. If you are liking the show, you like what you're hearing, please follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a review on either of the platforms. It really helps us grow the show and what the listeners are thinking as well. Any suggestions you'd like for the show to get in touch? We've changed up the socials. You can get in touch with us on the Instagram at Trainers Hut. So jump on the Instagram at Trainers Hut and you'll find us there. That's it for this week's edition. I'll see you next time in the Trainers Hut. I'm Todd Blum. See you then.